You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Antler Up podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We're on episode 203, and on this week's episode, I was joined by my good friend Aaron Hepler from PA. Aaron had an eventful 2023 season that had a ton of ups and downs in it, from having a bunch of encounters with bucks, clipping up deer, not recovering, to being at full draw, and at that point in time, having a hunter walk in to spook that deer while he was at full draw to finally fill in his buck tag opening morning of the PA rifle season. He shares it all during this episode. So tune in and follow along as Aaron shares really what he believes happened when it comes to pressure in his area, but also uh, a little bit about my success that we had. We also get into a topic that I really enjoy talking to Aaron about, and that was like finding balance and what balance means to you during that hunting season and goals and all that type of stuff. So really enjoyed this conversation. Always love talking to friends. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in this week with Aaron. We'll see you next week. Antler up. And before we get into this week's episode, again, I just want to share how thankful I am that you tune in every week or tune in into this episode for the first time. And if you like what you hear, make sure you go share it with some friends, uh, family members that are into hunting and leave that five-star review over on iTunes. It just helps out, helps things going and growing uh, the Antler Up podcast. And if you are interested in the uh, supporting the podcast, make sure to go check out my store over on the Hauler website, as well as even helping out with the uh, Our Grounds Coffee collab that I did with Ed over at Our Grounds Coffee Company. If you're interested in a bag of coffee for the holiday season, hit me up and I'll, I'll uh, get it to you, hopefully, by, by the time you listen to this before, before Christmas. So thanks again, everybody, for the support. It means a lot. Congratulations to everyone that punched uh, a tag this past year uh, during archery as well as rifle, and especially some of those new new hunters and youth hunters. It's awesome to see that success. Uh, shout out to my buddy Jake uh, Vernon. So so with his son getting his first deer, uh, really enjoyed uh, watching that and seeing that. So congrats to him, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstring strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. And a special code is made for our listeners of the Antler Up podcast for America's Best Bowstrings. Use code ANTLERUP and you will save $10 off your order. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform 
there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at SpartanForge.ai. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm joined by a great friend of mine, straight hustler, straight killer, Aaron Hepler. Aaron, welcome back to the show, brother. Yo, buddy, what's happening? Oh, Thanks for having me. Dude, it's always a pleasure to, to, to have you on, talk deer hunting, talk life, talk family. Here's, here's what I want you to do to, to start us off right off the bat. On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate this past hunting season for you? Oh, man. Well, I get, I'm an optimist, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an 8 because, you know, I really – for for the archery season, it was great, man. I saw – I was kind of looking over some notes and things the other night, and I, I saw a lot of bucks. I saw like 15 or 20 bucks, and um, that makes me happy, you know, and I'm – I'm sure we'll get into it at some point, but, uh, I, um, I hit the biggest buck that I ever have seen on the hoof and it, it's, it's a long, it's a long story and there was some closure on it. it it's a broken heart a little bit, but, but, um, no, you know, it really was a good season. I had a lot of great encounters and a lot of great hunts did. Um, I had a lot of those moments where you think you forget, you know, what you're doing uh-huh. and then, um, and then some good. So I, I, I pulled that out of my season and I really enjoyed uh, all the time that I got to spend in the woods this year. And I was really thankful for it. So, um, I, I, I think I really got all I could other than, you know, putting one on the wall, um, during archery season, I think I got everything I could have asked for out of it. So nice. I, you know, cause so it was a good one. Yeah. Cause here's, here's the thing that goes along with that being that you rate that an eight, and I know you went through some obstacles with, you know, hitting that buck and not being able to recover and all that jazz. You know, you said you, you were looking back on your notes. You know, what does that entail for you? Just because I know we've talked a little bit about that. And that is the one aspect that, you know, I, I know a lot of us do. But what does that look like to you? Um, I keep it a little more simple now than I did in the I I had like. I've had tried like the prefab journal thing where you like fill out the weather and like write a couple things about it. And I just, I never really go back over them. Even, even though they are, they're really good tools. Like I, I think put it in, in your hand and writing it down is, is a helpful thing to like remember some things, but you know, I just took some notes in my phone just to remember some, some things this morning about our, this season about like, um, you know, uh, maybe when I was feeling a little um, disappointed about the season or frustrated and just kind of working through some of that stuff. Um, I, as far as like keeping notes about like weather and, and patterns like that, um, usually I kind of store stuff like that with like uh, maybe a specific buck and okay. I'll take, I'll see his pictures and maybe write down what weather he was, you know, uh, he preferred Um but then after you build a pattern of like a, a certain caliber of buck, you kind of notice that they prefer almost all the big bucks prefer this wind direction in this area. So it's kind of like kind of learn that after a while. And I'm not saying I'm, you know, not every buck fits the mold, but right. there's a reason that the big ones like to use a certain wind in a certain area. So you just kind of learn that that's the wind to use for that. But I just think that, um, you know, the mental part is, is important just as much as the small details and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of important just to remember like, Hey, uh, we're just out here to have fun and, um, just really enjoy, uh, enjoy creation and just, just have a good time at it. So, um, there were a lot of frustrating moments with like, uh, you know, um, I, I battled a little bit, I battled a lot more hunting pressure than I normally, I don't, I don't, I can't really say I've ever ran into anybody on public land. And this year it happened, it happened a bunch of times to the point where like I was drawing my bow on a buck and somebody walked in on me. And, uh, that was that I was pretty angry about that one. Um, but you know, it's stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it still was a good experience and I learned something from it, you know? Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe I just need to be more courteous or something. I did get pretty angry at that guy. I don't, I didn't yell at him, but he could probably tell I was mad. Dude, I listen, if that were to happen to me, it, it is, it is really frustrating because not to that extent, obviously, but where you were actually drawing back, 
but my my Maryland trip that that would have been yeah I think that first night I had those um, young kids coming in to do dove hunting and they access the property from illegally from the back of the river just because it's a not a two mile walk to that back corner where you're supposed to park sign in right and get all the way back there you know and he looks at me and goes what it's it's opening night like i didn't think anybody would be back here and i'm like well no shit man that's why i'm back here (laughs) you know um right right but um yeah what's for me as far as i didn't really I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest. I didn't, I, I was very fortunate. I haven't even really talked to anybody about my season yet. I hunted a, a little bit. <laughs> I was successful a lot, but at the same time, yeah, yeah I, I mean, at the same time it was, um, it was funny just because I had cameras in certain spots and I went and grabbed some on Saturday on the opener of, of gun season, just cause I, I still had one more doe tag in this area. I was like, you know what? Let me go out with the gun, just walk around, you know, I just embrace that, that opening day, go grab some cameras. And man, I, Aaron, I kid you not driving in and out, even during the rut, the most parked cars that I saw where I was, was maybe four, five during rifle season that opening day i kid you not about 60 <laughs> i mean it was just it, yeah. it was crazy like in three different parking lots there were seven to eight different trucks and then you drive down on the main big path road and i only went down one i, I mean there it was like every parking gate had multiple cars i was i didn't even go down the full way i could only imagine really what what the amount of numbers would have been but yeah yeah i agree i mean there were there i drove past uh past the game lands parking lots well i i drive past a bunch of them on my way to work and they were yes this uh sunday they were packed (laughs) um you know i i hunted the first day of rifle on my buddy's farm um and on the i don't i don't have to wake up so early to go there so i it was those game lands parking lots were were crammed but um you know the pressure this year like you said during the rut it would like normally there's like you get like a november 4th through like the 10th Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy there's lots and lots of people all the time this year wasn't really like that. It was really spread out, but there was a lot of more pressure in the, in the beginning of October all the way through the middle of October, which like, that's like a really good time to be by yourself on game lands is like Mm -hmm. first week, second week, third week of October. And I've had really good hunts in those times. And I think it's, I mean, not that I didn't this year, it was, it was pretty decent too, but, um, there was a lot more pressure during that period of time. So I'm used to people not really like wanting to, to go in that far when it's 75 degrees mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, didn't take their vacation. But I think, um, I don't know. I think Tony Peterson has a lot to do with like the, Hey, make sure you're hunting October because people are really, man, they really dug into it this year, or at least it seems that way. Yeah, so with the pressure and everything that you saw from people, what kind of sign did you see laid down in the woods near near you, like when you were going out scouting or pre-scouting for a sit or anything along those lines? You know, a lot of the signs shifted. Hmm. Like, I would have expected, like, oh, hey, I'll, I'm going to go into this spot and find the deer trails, uh, you know, reopened in this area and find a new script. But they were all, like, a lot of the sign was was shifted a little bit. It, it was still kind of like in the spots that I like to hunt. Um, I try to really hunt. Um, sometimes I hunt near a pretty prominent sign, but I try to hunt a, a decent, a, not like a super distance, but not right in the sign. Cause that, you know, I know that's the stuff that's going to attract other people, but whatever is leading into that sign or leading yeah. away from that sign is kind of what I'm focused on. Um, and I felt uh, I felt like some of that, like, oh, hey, this is how they're going to get into it. I had to shift a little bit just to get, I don't know if they're just using things for a little bit of a different wind or or what, but some of the stuff did shift a, a little bit. I was just going to say, like, with seeing, like, the 15 deer, 
or bucks, I'm sorry, seeing like mm-hmm. 15 bucks throughout the year. Were they in areas like that, that you were saying like it was shifted a little bit and you were just off of, of that sign? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I would say so. The rut was pretty obvious. Like I yeah. just hunted a couple of cruising areas and, um, I found a, I found a pretty nice bench that, um, that bucks were using like typically, um, but those were not home, home body deer. Right. Um, I hunted a, so where I, for example, where I hit that buck this year, um, there was a, there's always like a scrape line that goes through this area and it was kind of in the similar spot, but they kind of made newer scrapes and it's not even that far down. It's like 50 yards difference than maybe they made them last year. Mm -hmm. And I think they used some, uh, some of the train cover a little differently than they normally would have. Um, but I did hunt, I hunted that spot in particular because I had a, in the area, one area that I hunt, the big buck always tends to do the same thing. Uh, not, not to the T, but they always have like the same kind of habits. And we had, um, that, remember that big eight pointer that I was hunting a lot last year? Yep. Yeah. We had, uh, pictures of him on November 1st and it was like same wind, say, you know, Northwest wind a little bit. It wasn't a cold front. I, I don't know. It was, it was 10 degrees colder than the morning before. So it was a little colder, you know, Mm -hmm. um, not crazy. It was still like, uh, 38 or 40 degrees. It was pretty, you know, relatively warm. Um, but, uh, I didn't really expect him to come from the way he came. Um, I thought he would come from a different way. So uh, I think you kind of just, I mean, that could be just a big woods buck thing. Like yeah. they're on a different cycle pattern or whatever it happens to be. But I do think that it was a little bit of a shift. And I think maybe the, maybe pressure had to do something with it. I've done. Okay. So, I mean, obviously I got, I got some family stuff, you know, happening in my life coming up and I, I didn't do, mm-hmm. I did I did not do, probably like quote unquote that postseason after you tag out should get in the woods a little bit to see what's going on right now type of ordeal and i'm kind of kicking myself in the in the behind about that but at the same time i have obviously i mean you know what's going on i i have a lot going on with that um so it's kind of like a it it was like a double-edged sword and it was do i do that or do i go to ohio for a couple days and i ended up deciding to go to ohio and had some encounters and everything like that. But I, I'm, I'm dying to get back home, especially Northeast PA, just to check out a little bit of the sign. Because again, typical, typical Northeast PA back at home at the club where archery season, it's, it's it lights up. My dad had some encounters. My dad hit a buck, did not recover. Just a frustrating thing where I think he hit really far forward, got blood for only about 15 yards kind of stopped for a while a couple hours and then kind of grid search for a little bit and did not pick up any more blood but ton of deer on camera and we we think we got the buck that he shot at that he nicked on camera again healthy as can be and you could kind of see it is a little bit far forward just kind of hit that brisket area anyway uh, but during rifle season man the, the these first couple days i mean my dad takes off that last week of the rut for for archery and the in the first week of of rifle and dude it's like a ghost town the first two days he saw about 18 doe and zero bucks i think maybe one or two little spikers but like that's it and the last yeah. two you know two years uh that you know i went tagless as far as a buck goes and i would go in there for that weekend and i enjoy it because i'm going with my dad there's not a lot of pressure but man they just do not get pushed around up there I'm not saying that you want to be going around getting deer on their feet but that's just a lot of timber a lot of acres to to for these deer to go and hide and i mean it's great don't get me wrong because the next year for archery season and when we see them during that time frame they're great deer right so they they live during this gun season but it's just it's frustrating just because i know he's putting in full day sits and he's it's tough. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's sending me, wow, Jerry, look at all the sign, look at all these rubs and scrapes and all that stuff. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, I wish I could help him out a little bit more, but you know, being, being here where I'm at right now, it's kind of tough. 
Yeah, and I do. I think they cycle, especially in the area. Well, where your club is, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm so local to that and uh, that northeast part of PA that you're talking about. And um, you know, I was we, I, we need to do it again this year, but we yeah. walked around it last year together. Yeah, and it's not it's not like it's not a mountain, right? Like it is, but it isn't right. Right. Like it's real wide. So it almost plays like you're hunting flat. I mean, fortunately you get like some terrain um, built into that. Like, I guess that's the Northern side. If I'm, if I'm thinking right. Right. I think you went to that Northern side. You get a lot more terrain out that way. Right. Exactly. That's where all those ridges are. And that's where he hunts a lot. And you know, those, there's really not a, there's not a ton of benches. There, there are a couple and that's where, you know, he sets up on, and I mean, yeah. he, he, he gets does coming up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's just right. It's like, I'm talking right now during, during rifle season, but man, the, the bucks, I mean, a couple of years ago, he had that crack at one last year or two years ago, he got a buck and I don't know. It, it's just, it's just a weird, weird thing during this time frame yeah. as far as gun season goes. Well, yeah. And you're hunting mountain like deer and deer that have that like, long cycle habit where they're i mean their their home range is probably not as big as we think it is but they Mm -hmm. can travel along you know a pretty far distance or maybe it's it seems that way because it's such a big area that that seems like they're traveling but you are hunting deer that are like it's not like southern ohio where like the mountain is like (laughs) and you sit on the top of it and you can shoot both sides it's not like that right it's like you're hunting a flat farm and then you get some, you know, advantages to terrain at some level, but it's, it, it makes it, it makes it hunt real big because yeah. you gotta, it's harder to find the, where they're pinching down at. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. You have two arrows to choose from, one being the MMT arrow, which is a 246 diameter shaft, and the new NIS, which is a 204 diameter shaft arrow. Use code AU to save 15% off your tailored arrow order at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Right. Like Phil Holcomb would say, there's a lot of that shit rock up there. Yeah, there is a lot of shit rock. <laughs> but yeah. That's everywhere. That's everywhere on this. Like it's a, it's everywhere. I know. Well, here's here's a question for you, just because, man, uh, you're someone that I, I I love reading your articles and your love your perspective. I love your positivity. And you said you, you battled through some, you know, th- times where you doubt yourself, right? And dude, I've had that the last couple years and I did everything in mm-hmm. my power, you know, it, and it was you, Aaron, that last time when we talked about it over the summer, we, you know, it was maybe towards the end of the spring after I killed those two turkeys. And I remember specifically sitting here having a conversation saying to you, I want to take my confidence and everything that I did this past spring season that I did towards when I killed that doe last year uh, during the rifle season. Mm-hmm. I want to take those two things and bring it into this hunting season. And it was about being more positive, yeah. being more confident, being even, even if I, my, my mindset was like, go out there and don't second guess yourself, right? Like just doing what, what mm-hmm. you said you were kind of doing there for a little bit and things paid off, you know, but when that does happen, and which it, it seemed like it did for you, whether it was hitting that buck, not recovering it, or not having the encounters that you were hoping to have. You know, what, how do you rewind yourself back down, take a breath? You know, do you call somebody? Do you just look at your things, just go out, enjoy that time? Uh, is it that your, your positive mind frame, what, what mindset, all that stuff? Just because, man, I, there's a lot of people that might be listening to this at the end of rifle season, maybe gearing up for late season archery or just thinking about next year a little bit already. I mean, cause man, before you know it, I know our season ends, whether like here in Pennsylvania, like if you don't go out for that second archery season or for the flintlock, you know, you're, you're done early middle December, basically. Yeah. 
I know it's mm-hmm. I know it's crazy to think, but you you have to almost start thinking if you are an individual that likes to go out of state because you're like, okay, I need to maybe put points in here and tags get drawn here in the next couple months. Like it it flips pretty yeah. quick, right? So with your mindset yeah. and going through that struggle for the, that little bit this year, you know what? I guess number one, what struggles did you go through and how did you deal with them? Well, man, it's just like the uh, we, I put so much time into this specific area like I I hunt like a lot of the land around here or whatever but um I've put a lot of time in with uh with um my buddy Jared and uh and with Troy Mm -hmm. and we've um I I think in all I've probably hunted this area and, and dabbled in it for about seven years and got really serious we I think we've really you know, started honing it down like three or four years ago where we really were like, this is the area we really need to focus on for like a, a larger caliber or just better hunts in general. Right. Um, but you put in that like three years of work and you find out like, Oh, the big bucks here like to do this. And then you like, you got to wake up awful early to go into this place. Cause it's a long bike ride. And then, then you're hiking like we bike like a couple miles and then you hike a couple miles and yeah like you don't want to i mean you don't want to be soaking wet by the time you get out there and get cold or stanky or whatever all the stuff that just goes into it like the little stuff like mm-hmm. um you know um picking all the right trees for the trails that you want to sit in and hang cameras and going over data all that stuff you just do for years and years and then not I've already I shot a nice buck out there two years I shot a tent that the last yep. 10 pointer I shot was out there um but this like you go through all that and then in in the moment you just have that like oh um you know the moment is like is oh here it comes and I, I always try to not count my chickens and I wasn't like, Oh, my hands weren't on that. I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't like the ah, thinking of myself with a trophy picture, you know, like yeah. maybe I should have, I don't know. But, um, I think when you, when you go through that, you're kind of like the moment gets so hyped up and then you draw your bow and you're like, Oh, it's on. And, and it doesn't hit where you wanted it to hit. And it's that like, it's that simple. All the work that you did, like the only, like, it's not like some amazing thing that you missed this buck. It's just like, Oh, and I didn't miss, I, I hit him. I thought I liver shot him and it was a, it was a buck fever moment, man. I, I just let it, I, I honestly didn't even really think of it because I was just like, I was in the moment, you know, um, there was a lot of, there was a, I, I almost shot a small buck early on. I was grunting him in and a spike came running into my grunt and this little buck chased the spike off. And I was all, that was, Oh, that was cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. And, um, I remember seeing this, the, the 10 pointer drop off this hillside. He was in a doe bedding area and he dropped off this doe bedding point and was coming into a different doe bedding area and decided, I see his ant. I just see the shadows of his antlers coming down this hill. And I was like, Oh boy, that's a big one. And then I saw the, he has a, a long G4 on the one side. And I remember seeing it and instantly being like, oh, holy crap. Like that's the <laughs> biggest is. buck we have on camera. And um, he was raking his antlers. And I, I was just like, kind of, like I said, I was kind of just like in awe of the, of, you know, what was going on. Cause he was raking the tree, raking his, uh, uh, licking branch with his antlers and he was pawing a scrape up and I knew I knew exactly what scrape he was on and I was like oh he must have just been on my other camera like you know yeah and and he was and um he turned to go down down the mountain and I grunted at him and he just like whipped his head to the and just like oh man he was mad his hair all stood up and he came mart like just coming over and I'm it was kind of a wild morning because if I'm going to backtrack into the dark, when I was setting up, um, I, I didn't do a really good job of selecting trees in this area. Cause I'm like, ah, that's one of those places I you find yeah. a tree. You're always wrong about that. By the way, you should always <laughs> pick a tree. 
and there were no trees. I found one and I was like, okay, this will do. And I knew it was going to be really windy that day. And I wanted to, you know, not like a, well, a little little bit bigger than basketball size kind of thing that we always talk about in a saddle, but I found one. It was nice. I climbed up it and I was, there was some branches on a tree that was like touching this one. And I was trying to like bend them out of the, like push them around the other tree, bend them out of the way. And they started to hit my tree. And then all of a sudden I hear something and my hand is on the back of a tree and a squirrel ran over my hand and scratched my finger up. No way. Yeah. And it free, I was dark. It was like, ah, you know, yeah. First thing you think is like raccoon. I'm going to get rabies, you know? And, um, but it was just a squirrel. And then I realized the tree was hollow and it was going to be like 30 mile an hour winds by like noon. And I'm like, Oh, I can't sit in this tree. So I climbed down and tried to find another tree. I don't like that tree. And the only other tree was way bigger than I wanted it to be. And it was, there was zero cover on it. I'm like, I gotta be sitting upright, you know, careful. And, um, so when that deer was coming in, when the buck was coming in, I'm like, there's like a laurel bush 40 yards away. And that's the only thing I'm going to be able to draw unless I can get behind the tree and then like come back around with, you know, uh, come back around to the other side with a drawn bow. And I'm like, that's going to be a lot with how fast he's moving. So I see the laurel bush and I draw my bow and I'm like, hopefully he's not like one of those stinking deer that just stops behind the laurel bush for a while. And he wasn't, he came right on the trail and I'm like, Oh, he's going to be in my 20. And I remember getting to set, like get, you know, hit my anchor points and my mat, my had a, I had like a first light, um, neck gator, Balakava thing. Or yeah. yeah. The neck gator thing. And I, it was in my face and I like, Oh shoot. I like pull it out of the way. And this deer is moving. Like he is angry and now he can't see a buck. So now he's angrier. You know, you can tell he's, and he wasn't, he wasn't doing that like spooky, like, Oh, what's right. going on? He was like a buck just went into that bedding area that's behind there and I'm going in. And he was like, yeah, you know, and I like get the thing out of the way. And as I'm doing that, I like looked down. I, I think my eyes left him. So I wasn't seeing what he was doing. And I thought he was in my 20. So I pulled the face mask out of the way and I settled my pin. And, and in my head, I never was like, Oh, he moved. Like, I mean, he was moving pretty quick, right? but it wasn't like, it wasn't like something where I was like, Oh, you really need to stop him. He's moving too fast. I was moving fine with him. But then I realized later on, like he probably wasn't 20 yards. He was probably more like 28 because he took a couple extra steps. And when I looked down to get my face mask out of the way and came back up, he wasn't so far away that it was like, oh, where is he at now? Right, right. It was like he's really in the same spot. And I let the arrow go. And it would have been it would have been straight liver, I think, had he been 20 yards. But I hit him. I I, just, I think that I hit him just really low and the way it looked from, from above was that I hit, I hit him in the liver, but, um, you know, we got a dog, I got a, I waited five hours cause I was like, it's probably liver hit. We tracked, found a bed, the, the, from the wind, the blood was dry up to the bed. And mm-hmm. then after the bed, it was wet. And I was like, Oh, he probably, he probably wind bumped out of here cause our wind was going to him. We started tracking him. And uh, we followed that for like 40 more yards. And I'm like, you know what? We're, I'm going to get a dog. And I brought a dog back. The tracker wanted to go in because he thought the deer would be dead. And he's like, let's go in at uh, 8.30 tonight. And I had shot the bucket at 8.20. And okay. I was like, okay. So this would have been another six hours of you know waiting after we finished tracking before. And um, the dog like sniffed my arrow and went straight to where we found the bed and then followed it straight to, and I don't know, the, maybe the dog was following our tracks. I don't think so though. That dog was pretty excited mm-hmm. and he followed it after he kept following the trail after where we had left off for a period of time. And then he kind of got a little not interested, but picked back up again. And the, the owner was kind of like, yeah, he's not really into it. Well, you know, and, he was kind of baffled because he thought like he looked at the arrow, he saw the blood. He's like, Oh, I don't find this deer. No time. No problem. You know? Right. And, um, and there were nothing, nothing came of it. So 
I was really down and my wife the next day was just like, what do you, what do you got to do to like help yourself here? Cause you're, you're racking your, I can tell you're racking your brain and trying to figure out what went wrong and that kind of thing. I'm like, I just don't know what happened. Like I, I don't know what happened with the shot. I don't like, I thought I hit him in the liver, you know, it, it didn't look like a good shot, but I looked like something that I could, we could make sense of or whatever. And I'm like, I guess I hit him low. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you just do today what you need to do. And I was, I was, um, I was going to be hunting with my daughter, um, that day in the evening after, after school. And she was just like, you know, if you need to go do that, find that buck, you know, why don't you take Avonlea hunting on, on uh, Friday? And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll do that. So I, um, <clears throat> everybody was working. Most, most of my buddies were working that day. And, um, my, what my buddy Jared had been with me all, all night, the night before tracking with the dog and stuff. And, and he was at work. And so I, I texted it. I, one of my other buddies was like, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And I could tell he was like, let's go get him. You know? Yeah. And, um, he and I, uh, I texted him. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. Let's go get him. Now the day before i I rode my bike in and out of that because we Troy shot a deer that day too. He, he killed his first recurve buck. And, uh, you know, we went back in and helped him pack out. And like, so I, I was, I was, uh, I think I had 20 miles on my bike and 12 miles walking that day. <laughs> and then, so the next day I'm like, all right, well, I'm so, I was so tired. Like just my legs hurt everything. I was tired, but I'm like, I'm going to go find this deer. And, um, we, I was like, you know, I didn't want to go in there without a plan, just kind of walking around like, Oh, maybe he's here. Maybe he's there. I had an idea of three specific beds and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in and I'm going to check every camera on the way to these areas in case he was on one the night before, then I'll kind of get like a gauge as to which direction he went. Right. And he wasn't on any of the cameras, but I thought that was, you know, a good, I thought it was an, an idea that, mm-hmm. that could, that could work out. And I checked a couple of these beds and, um, I, I, based on what we're finding, like, oh, well, he's living here at some point, but he wasn't there the night before, but it was just like eliminating like, oh, it could have been here. It could have been there. And, um, we started working pretty far away but in the direction of where he was going and we're like okay so here's some terrain that a big buck might use to get away or whatever and i was like let's just we both were like we just kind of need to like we're gonna grid but we kind of need to scout for a big buck because now we don't have blood we don't have anything that we're going off of so we started scouting for a big buck and he was up above me and i dropped down a little lower than i normally would but i was like and there's kind of like a little lip here and I found a bed and I was like, Oh, that's a nice bed. And we'll mark that for later, you know, hunt right. this or whatever. And then, um, I found another bed and I was like, Oh, that's a pretty big bed. And it was not like, you know, how dough beds are like in a circle. This was like far enough away that it wasn't really related, like a buck that would have been changing positions for a, a certain wind or something. And I found another bed and I was like, wow, this is a big one. It had a big rub in it. And I picked my foot up and I looked down and there was blood under my foot. And I was like, holy crap. And I called my buddy over and I was like, there's blood in this bed. And we ended up tracking it down a steep, because it you know went down pretty steep. We tracked it down this steep hill. And towards the bottom of it, we lost it, but we could kind of see the scuff marks going. And I was like, okay, so we need to go out this way. So we started you know, kind of gritting in there, kind of making our way, still, still doing the scouting for a big buck thing. And we scouted, we swept these two like real deep benches and they were just like these massive old oak trees and they're just rubs everywhere. everywhere. And like, yeah. oh my goodness. If you, when you come out here where I'm going to take you down there, cause yeah. you're going to be like, holy crap. It's not a place. I mean, it would take you three hours to access this probably is my get. Like you could get in there a lot faster if you were just hiking and having a good time. Like, it didn't take us long to get in there, but if you wanted to access it quiet and correctly, it would take you 
a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, especially in the dark, but we swept these two benches and these two benches come back up onto a flat that's below the, like where the buck was bedded. There's like a little point that sweeps out and it, um, it's like a big, it's like a cliff almost. And, um, these benches are below the cliff and then it comes up to a little flat that's right below it. And, um, I was like, man, uh, I don't know. You know, we're just kind of like standing there and he's like, why don't you stay here for a second? And I'm going to go down to the end of this where it pinches into this cliff and make sure that, um, you know, he's not like laying down there or something. And I'm like, all right. So he goes down there and he texts me and says, Oh, I just kicked up, kicked up a couple deer. And I was like, Oh yeah. And not, no bucks or anything. And next thing you know, I hear him go, I got him. I got him. And I'm just like, what? And I'm running, I'm running through the woods and I hear something and I look over to my right and there's my buck running like full blown, just jumping over boulders, just like 12 feet in there, just boom, boom. I'm like, and I could see his big four. And I was like, hmm, there he goes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, just, like, not hurt. Not hurt at all. And when he came over, he was like, he's, like, running, trying to catch up to the deer. He's like, he's hurt. He's hurt. And I'm like, I didn't look that hurt. <laughs> and he said, he said the deer was like this, where the cliff comes down, the, the boulders kind of follow the cliff where it pinches. And there's all these boulders the deer was laying in rocks just lay, laid up in these boulders and he said when he stood up it looked like he was staggering and i'm like well i mean maybe he was just laying down for a while just like when you get up out of bed but that i mean that deer was like he was jumping eight feet in the air 12 feet across you know to get like i mean he was cruising but i got a really good look at him he was like he was probably only 30 yards away from me right um and you know, there was nothing between us really like a couple trees or whatever, but nothing that I was, uh, I, I could see, I could see him coming front on and then just watched him go. And I was like, that was 100% him, like no doubt about it. And the way, but, and, and, and then to add on to it, I found where he was running that and he just found his scuff marks and and there was blood. Um, and it was just little specks. Like yeah. he just had like a little capillary bleed or something like a little I don't know, probably opened it back up when he started running or whatever, but um, not enough to, I mean, it was like watery blood at that point too. Yeah. It wasn't anything, Major. you know? Yeah. And then we we're like, well, maybe we can, he's like, I, if I got to do it, I'll tackle him if we can get him between us or something, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like he, we were both pretty fired up that we could find, we found him. Yeah. That's a win on in itself, man. I mean, I know yeah. I, you, you know what I mean? Like in, in the grand scheme of things, if someone is I'm detached from your situation, like, dude, you help, you found them. <laughs> like, that's impressive. It was 30 hours later. Yeah. Right. 30 hours later. And, and that day we were already, when we found him, we were already in it four hours, right. four or five hours. So he's like, well, we're going to we'll circle back down around where we came in and kind of see if he's in between there. And if, you know, cause you know, sometimes you think they do that like uh last hurrah where they, where they get kicked up and they go a little bit and then they fall over dead. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, maybe that happened. So we circle back around and he gets down because he's going to try to like get him in between us. And I'm kind of like walking back towards him. And as he's coming in on the buck, we catch back up to the buck and we watch him run up the side hill. And, uh, and then he was, uh, I mean, after that, there's like, it's flat and a lot of big, yeah. a lot of big, a lot of, not a lot of pinching going on. And, um, you know, it was some closure, right? So I think mentally I was like, I could move on from that and be like, I, well, I think he's going to be all right. Maybe he died from an infection. I don't know. He, he could have, I, I, I don't know. He looked very unhurt to me and, and, um, uh, you know, I hope he makes it, but at the same time, I know you like, that's when you can kind of let it go and it's not your deer anymore. Right. You know what I mean? You're not, right. there's not a buck laying in the woods that you just don't know anything about anymore and that kind of thing. And, um, I, I just can't 
let something like that take away how much enjoyment I get out of being in the woods and, um, and hunting and figuring things out. And, um, I love that much less bring home meat and put it in my freezer. You right. know what I mean? That's my favorite part. Right. Um, I like, I like the big racks on the walls and the antlers antlers are, I don't know what's about them, but they, they get me going. I like antlers, but I, I like everything about it. So I can't just let that, just that moment, that, uh, not fine moment, right. um, define how I hunt. Are you looking to improve your hunts? Well, look no further than using Trophy Tracks. A hunter's journal enables hunters to maintain a record of hunting information in real time or post-hunt, including the date, time, location, and weather conditions. By using Trophy Tracks and integrating trail cam pictures, hunters can identify patterns in animal activity over time, helping them predict the best hunting opportunities. Utilizing trophy tracks, hunters can keep an unlimited number of journal entries ranging from scouting trips to live hunt records, preserving each of their hunting experiences. And check it out over at trophytracks.com. I think I think you have to have that balance, right? Like you like you just said, you love big racks. Like, you know, I love just saying that. You know, you, you, you love... You, you love seeing the size, double D's. <laughs> double D's, but at the same time, the the enjoyment of the process of everything and just going out there and hunting, like, dude, don't get me wrong, like that big buck that my dad and I have had on camera now the last four years, like he is a yeah. giant. Like that video, I mean, he I, is a giant. He, yeah, I mean, plain and simple, he's a giant. Number one, but not number just th- his rack either. That deer is fat. Yeah, like he's like we we had one picture of him early November, but dude, since then we haven't seen him. Right. And if that deer were to not show up next year, I'm not going to be like, to be completely honest, man, like I'm not heartbroken. Will I be like, dang, I wish I could have hunted him and actually like had a chance, but being, I think maybe because I've never really had a chance other than camera pictures. Right. Maybe that, maybe that's why, but I think, I think what I've grown to have is a better balance between like, I guess to, of, of my goals, right? Like my goal, number one goal this year was to be effective with my quality of, of sits that I was going to have and quantity of sits I was going to have. And honestly, my ultimate goal was to not, not tag out uh, uh, with a buck again this year. Yeah. Like I did not want that to happen for me. My balance is I'm still not into position uh, like, the deer I shot this year, next year, right off the bat, yes, I am going to let walk, um, unless he mm-hmm. he comes up like scraping and rubbing trees and puts on a show for me that gets me all going that I love to see, yeah. right? Un- yeah. un- unless that happens, I I my goal is to shoot something bigger next year. So I don't know, man. I I think like what you said. I love what you said. Where don't get me wrong, you enjoy the 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 big deer but also the the at the aspect of actual hunting i think that's huge and i think when you have that balance i i trust me i get why some people could really uh go in a in a unhealthy way i guess get really psychotic when it comes to hunting a specific deer i, I understand especially when they're monsters i i i can understand that but at the same time for me man i for it just, it's all about balance yeah. And I think, I think it has to do with everybody, what they want out of hunting too. Right, exactly. Some people are fine eating a tag, right? Like, um, my buddy that owns, owns the farm that I, I can hunt. Like he has a specific deer, not a specific buck, but like a specific caliber of buck that he would like to shoot. And that's what really gets him going. Like he just likes to hunt that deer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he likes the meat and stuff, but it's not, it, I mean, it's important to him, but he shoots an awful, awful lot of deer every year. Like, you know, gets, he gets a lot of tags or whatever. And, and, um, and he likes to just, he shoots lots of does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it comes to hunting a buck for him, he's got something specific and he, if he eats the buck tag, he just doesn't care. Right. Like he literally, like I have not seen him, but he, he's like, well, next year. Yep. And he just, it's like, whenever you talk to him he's like man i love archery hunting like i just love archery and that that's part of it like i said like i like to fill my tags 
And and I think that's when I when I get to rifle season, and I, I well you know I I kill a really small buck on Saturday. Like he's he's not my smallest smallest buck. Of, I might have killed one or in my teens that was smaller, but man, he's pretty small. <laughs> His body was fine. I got plenty of meat out of him, but like man, I was not. I saw him come out and I counted three points and I was like, good, boom. boom. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I shot a doe that I, I sent you the pic. I'm yep. not going to ever you, post that picture cause it's pretty horrible, but there's like six in my back of my truck. Cause yeah. it got <laughs> Western real quick. Uh, well, a group of doe went through and I shot one and my dad shot one and my brother shot one and my brother had shot one earlier and the other guy shot a buck and it's a coyote. So there's like, six deer and a coyote in the back of my truck. <laughs> just like, it, was, it was fun. It was a fun rifle morning, but like I, I got to the rifle season. I'm like, I got a freezer that I had an elk and three deer in last year. And there's, it's, there's nothing in there and there needs to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, I brought those home and scut them out, did the thing. And, and uh, yesterday, uh, did I send you the pictures from yesterday? No, no. My yet. daughter, my daughter was like, dad, that's really cool. And I'm like, you want to help? And she's like, can I? I was like, yeah, grab a knife. Let's go. And she's there, her little eight-year-old self. She's got like her reindeer antlers on because the Christmas decorations. Yep. Are she's got reindeer antlers on and she's there cutting the deer up with me at the table, you know. And um, we have a foreign exchange student now. And uh, she's a sweet girl. She's just, She's learning a lot here and, you know, we're having fun or whatever. And she's just like, She's kind of looking like, what you doing over there? You yeah. Know, kind of like, I'm like, you want to help? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so there's like, I got all the girls here. And then she's wearing like a, a Santa Claus hat thing. And Avenue's wearing it. You know, That's awesome. And they're like cutting these deer up. Dude, it was so cool. And that to me is like, well, I could have shot a big buck and we could have done this, you know, a month ago, but here I am. I'm having fun doing it. Right. With, I'm having just as much fun in this part. And you know what? We're going to eat that deer all year. we got a lot of meat out of those two deer. I, I have more tags. I'm hoping to fill some more tags, but it was a really freaking good time, man. And, um, I, yes, I want to shoot us, a, uh, a certain caliber of deer. And I think I've given that to myself to just be like, Hey, you go ahead and take that archery season. I think next year I do want to um, get better about shooting some does early because I think it'll help me with that buck fever kind of yep. in the moment thing. Yep, I agree. I get sucked into that. I get sucked into that so easy. And it's not just like when everybody hears about buck fever, it's like you, all the shaking and like they can't think right. It's not even that. It's just because you get sucked into that moment. Like mm -hmm. there's this freaking – beautiful animal Dude, in front of you and I, he's doing all kinds of this stuff you know what i mean yep and then you don't even realize it's happening until you're like uh oh yeah <laughs> like, well i mean you've i've talked to you about it i've talked about it on the podcast before i've had too many situations where i've messed up on on a buck because of having that buck fever and and it and it boiled it boiled down to one major thing and that was not being in a position to shoot doe early on. And and it, my journey, I quote unquote, that I've been on the last 10 years, right? It, mm -hmm. It's it's progressed, right? I've spent more time in the woods the last three, four years. What ended up being was, oh, I'm going to go in the hunt this weekend, those first five years. Oh, I'll go in during this time. And oh, I'll go to, in for rifle season. Kind of expanding a little bit from when I was a kid. And then the last couple of years, it was like learning being in better positions and this past year it was like i couldn't i couldn't do something wrong early season and my goal was to just like tom run scavage was like dude just go be a freaking killer this year and it was like you know what that's what i want to do every deer that i see yeah. have a shot opportunity i'm going to do and that's what i did and and i can't i can't for me personally because i i can only speak for myself that was huge for me to shoot does early on. But my issue prior to that, the last couple of years was I didn't, I was not in a position where I had those opportunities. I mean, it, it would be like 
end of October and I'd be like, man, I finally have a doe shot opportunity. You know what I mean? And at that, you know, and at that point you're like, well, the rut's coming up, keep these does around or whatever. Um, but like for me, for me, it was like second, second day of the season, that Monday killed a doe that first weekend killed a doe. It it was just like bang, bang, bang. It was so, yeah, it was so cool to see you on cloud nine for those couple of weeks, man. I'll say like, just to see like how dialed you were with that. Yeah. I mean, you were like every day, like, Oh, Jeremy got another deer. All right. You know, yeah. like, wow, they're going to be eating good. You yeah. Know? It was, it was really, really cool. And I think, I think the one thing that we forget about those is like, well, they're not cool because they don't have antlers, but you know what they do help you with? They help you get reps yep. because I don't care how, like I, I've shot plenty. I've shot bucks with my bow already. Like I've shot good bucks with my bow bucks that a lot of people I'm, I'm very thankful because i i never thought i would shoot some of the bucks that i got to shoot mm-hmm. or whatever but i i did but it doesn't take the buck fever away in fact it probably makes it a little bit worse <laughs> yeah you know yep. and if you knock off the cobwebs a little bit and get some reps on some does early on i think i think it'll you know i, th- I think it'll help i've shot a lot of deer with my bow and um uh, it, even on does, I get, I get a little buck fever, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that getting those reps at like shooting an actual animal and, you know, when you shoot a target, you know, you're not worried about your arrow going underneath the target. Cause if you miss underneath, you're going to hit the target. Right. But if you, you know, I mean, unless you're shooting a 3d target, but if you're, you know, it's just all about, all about the reps Dude. when it comes to that. And I think it, I think it would be important. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think of my second doe this year in particular with the shot opportunity because watching this deer go behind this tree. And at that point I said, draw back, like swing around to my strong side, put my knee into the tree to be well balanced, draw back. And when she walks across this path and comes right here, if she does, you're going to have that shot. So at this point mm. I'm full, full anchor, and she stops where she needs to stop on her own. I just nestled in there, Aaron. I put the pin behind, like, where I wanted to be, that lower third. Boom. And, and like, at that point, I just kept pulling. Arrow, I watched that sucker fly exactly where I had it aimed. Pass through, you know, the my lighted knock is buried into the ground. She runs. I hear her crash maybe 30 yards away, and... At that point, I'm like, okay, let's get to work. I got my work cut out for me, like I, of that one. So, like that was a huge one. Then the next one was the the one on film, and again, it was like, okay, make sure you get this one on film. Finally, get a deer on film, and that was a perfect shot too. Yeah, and you saw how much she ducked the string, and I just again just like yeah. aim aim a little bit lower, and and boom, like that one. And then the the two up at the club were. The doe was a chip shot. I mean, she was only like less than 10 yards, drilled her. She ran 20 yards, piled up. And then the the buck, uh, he was, I ranged him at 30. And as he was coming in, I saw like where he was at. He's just stopped broadside. And at I knew where my gap was on my pin. So I aimed up a little bit higher on it. Perfect shot. He took one bound and kind of fell over. I mean, it was just, it, I, I, I mean, Call it luck, call it whatever. I, I mean, but those the reps on that, like when that buck, when I drew back on that buck, I actually was like, "Deep breath, dude." Ain't you, you like I remember even telling myself, "You have to aim a little higher because I didn't change my dial of my pin. Just aim a little bit higher, but just go where you want to go. Aim high, boom." And it again, watch the arrow in flight. Um, whereas I just know in years past, dude, I just I I crumbled, and uh, I'm glad I. I, I'm glad I did the practice in the off season and I'm super fortunate one that I was able to kill a couple of does prior to him. Um, just mm-hmm. because like you said, those reps help significantly. Yeah. And if, if the meat isn't your thing, like find a way to make it your thing. You know, yeah. like if you're, if you don't like, if you don't like venison, you ain't cooking it right. Right, you gotta go find somebody to teach you how to and, cook it. And in, and and even it, in the it's freaking good. It's freaking good. But even but even in the worst case scenario, if it, you know, you cannot, then donate it. Like if you love hunting and you just cannot, like yeah. then donate it. The it's free. 
I, yeah, and it's it's a really good well, and it's something that's kind of overlooked by hunters because like, well, uh, why would I spend the gas money and all that? Well, a, you get to enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? B, you still get to shoot a deer, and you get to do something good for humans, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it I think it gets overlooked as like. Uh, like one of my buddies right now is hunting and he just plans on donating the deer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. not, I think a lot of people just like look at it as a secondary thing. Um, the farmer that I hunt with donates more than half of his deer, you yeah. know, most of the time. Um, and, uh, and I, I think there's something to be said for that. Cause hunters, there's a, there's a lot of meat that goes to, uh, it goes to shelters and stuff like that that people don't know about. Yeah. And it's a lot. Yep. And they wouldn't have it without people that hunt. Exactly. Well, that's a, like, I will have to look at that. It's a lot. Well, dude, I know, uh, the country butcher, which is in Clearfield by me. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just posted 500 pounds of the opening weekend from Saturday to Sunday, 500 pounds donated to <sighs> that program. That's one that's a lot. Dude, that's one one butcher. Yeah, that's a lot of meat. So here's the here's the post from it's uh Whitetails Unlimited posted it. It's like an NRA thing. Uh 16 million pounds, 16 million pounds of wild game Dang. donated every year by hunters. Wow. That's insane. That is wild. That's a lot of meat that's going to people that that um, you know, wouldn't have a meal. Right. Otherwise. Exactly. So yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Like if you if like get all the doe tags and shoot them up, man. And if you don't want them, give them away. Yep. Um, so to to wrap things up, Aaron, here here's what I want want you to just do. Like maybe one, two, three key take takeaways, kind of off the bat, off the top of your head from from this past season. Yeah. So um, one is uh, one is you know be courteous. I. Um, I think I've apologized a couple times on podcasts now, but that, you know, the first, the opening day I had some, um, I'll keep it short, but the opening day I had like a run in with a hunter and it wasn't like a bad one, but I was mildly rude and I shouldn't have been like, I should have been like, you know what? We were there first. I was kind of irritated because he let me get like three sticks up a tree before he was like, Hey, and I was like, Oh, thanks. Now I got to pack all this up and move along. But I should have been like, hey, you know, good, you know, good luck. You know, hope you hope you get one and stuff. Because I did. Like, I want that guy to shoot a big buck too. I don't want him, you know. Yeah. Um. So just be courteous, and then, um. As far as that goes, extended into that, if somebody does something to you that you don't like, make sure you don't do it to the next person. You know, I had this guy walking in the morning, and you know yell across the ridge to me and ask me if he could get his tree stand later. And I was like, uh, he's like, well, he said, do you mind? I'm like, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hunting here. You know, I, I mind. And that was the one that, that ended up coming back later the day while I was drawing my bow to shoot a buck. And I was pretty irritated. I don't, I don't, you know what, if that was my tree standing there, I wouldn't have gone back in because I knew there's somebody hunting there, but just use that kind of, I know it's public land, all that stuff if it was public land and my tree stand was there and somebody else was sitting there, you got it for the day. Good job. Mm-hmm. It's all yours, you know, um, use that because yeah, I know it's, I know it's public land, but, um, one of your, one of your, even though I don't know you or whatever, one of your colleagues is trying to hunt and they got there before you did. So don't try to ruin your, their stuff. Um, that, that's not me being angry at that guy. That's me looking at forward at like, Hey, this ever happens to me and i left my stuff there i'm not going back for it and i'm going to stick to that and then um so i'm going to leave that in together as one and then i think uh the other two would be um find a way to get over you know get the closure that you need um if you have a a a bad hunt where you hit or wounded a deer or something like that Find, a, find something that moves on, even if it's not going to look for the deer, if you need to go bowling with your buddies for a night or something, like mm-hmm. go do that. Um, and then, and then the next day, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, uh, it's kind of like the thing you did when you broke up with your high school girlfriend, you ate a pizza for a day and felt bad for yourself. And the <laughs> next day you got to get over it. Right. Yep. 
Um, but find the re I mean, you hunt cause you enjoy it. You hunt cause you love it. And then you got to remember why you love it. So get back to that. And then, um, I think, uh, lastly, this was a year where just about every single buddy of mine shot a buck. Make sure you're pumped for your buddies because oh, honestly, yeah. like I like big Jim, man, like, wow, yeah. I saw that and I was like, yeah. Yeah. And here I am. I got a little seven pointer laying in the field when you sent me that picture. I'm like, yeah, Jim. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I think I have, so I have like a little network of people that I know from hunting the public here and meeting each other and stuff. I think, uh, six or seven, eight, eight people on the public up here killed bucks. And mine, the one that I hit would have been the ninth one. And I am not bitter about it. One bit? On it, like, truly, I'm not yep. bitter about it, dude. Then they texted me. My buddy Jared shot his shot a buck. He hadn't killed a buck in five years, dude. I was so stoked to carry that thing out on my back with him. And, and, and my other buddies all shot public land deer. I could not be happier than when my buddies also killed deer. And I, it just, it just pumps me up. So be happy for your buddies because, uh, they're going to be happy for you too when, you, when it happens for you one day. And if you want them to be genuinely happy, then you need to just give it up, man. Dude. And it, and it goes along with what we were just saying, where it, it keeps you on a positive note. Like that's the one aspect that like, yeah. Jim, like Jim was, and he, he'll talk about it on an upcoming episode that we'll do. But man, like that is the one aspect for him that he was so positive throughout the whole hunting season. Like he put in a lot of time uh, and different, he tried different things. Like he hunted a, a private farm. Like that was brand new to him. He's never hunted that, that type of terrain. He's hunted public. He's gone back home to hunt the, the mountain, like all, all different things. And like you said, like, you know, Tom whacks a, a great buck. Tim whacks a buck. I have a buck down. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's just like, like you said, your inner circle, uh, uh, Billy had a buck up in New York and you're, you know, you're thinking, Billy shot a lot. That guy yeah, well, yeah, too. yeah. Billy has, he always New York, man, two buck state. And then you go out somewhere and then he's going to come to PA. He's going to have a, a four year friggin' buck buck here. Like always. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a great hunter, dude. Great person too. But, you have yeah. to be positive, man. And, and, and the one thing I've said on a podcast before, and I'll, I'll end with this bow hunting is hard. So when you congratulate mm -hmm. somebody, man, or when I, like you said, Aaron, I know for, I could speak for you and I could speak even for myself. We mean it because bow hunting is hard yeah. and, and it is literally centimeters, not inches. It's centimeters, man. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. It is. So, um, I have an idea for, for what I want, to do another episode on when the timing is right coming up here. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing that one. I'll, I'll tell you here when we get off air, but Aaron, I appreciate you brother coming on Uh pump for you. You got some, some, some meat in the freezer, had a good time with the family, cut, cutting them up and, and doing all that fun stuff. And you know, where could people find you fall along and see what's going on with you? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm on the, I'm on the gram. It's uh, Aaron underscore Hepler. And um, I do, I do write for Exodus. So, um, and I write for, for Clint from truth from the stand from time to time. So uh, you can find all anything that I write. Most of it's uh, over at Exodus outdoor gear. I like it. All right, dude. Well, yeah, man. I appreciate Thanks. you brother. We'll see you next week. Everybody antler up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Antler Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check us out on our Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Go Wild, and at antlerupoutdoors.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go leave a review and subscribe for next week's episode. Until then, Antler Up.